Oh, hold on. That was a weak clap. We're now live with episode 41. Thomas Lindgren, returning guest. Hello. Second time on the show. Second time. How's it feel? Thanks for having me. Feels great. Feels great. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a long, uh, long sports drought. We haven't had football, but you know what? Preseason just recently started. Oh, goody. But before we get to that, there's a lot of players in the realm of sports that wear jersey number. And the episode we're on is number 41. And what I like to do with the show is talk about a person who has the number and the impact they've had. So Byron number f- Maxwell. Byron Maxwell, number I, 41. Is he 41 or 30? He was number 41. Okay. He was part of the Legion of Boom, but that is not who we're talking about today. We are talking about... Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara also. Wow, you're... you're, okay. you're those, are the, those are the only 41s I know. You're sounded really... That's it. Um, Truly. You're sounded really uh, informed right now. Yeah, I have the list of topics in front of me. So yeah. No, that's, um, that's a lie. I don't actually have the list. <laughs> um, really so, born on June 19th, 1978, we got the 2007 NBA MVP. I see. We also have the 2011, no, vice versa, NBA champ in 2011, MVP in 2007. Oh, I see. And his name is Dirk Nowitzki. Or Nowitzki. Dirk, a lot of people bring up and say Dirk is a pretty great player. But the thing is, some people like to hate on my guy, Dirk. What do you What do you think about Dirk? Well, sorry to interrupt your, no, your water drink okay. there. Um, I got to be eating healthier anyway. Um, Dirk's pretty cool. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't feel like I could be a real authority because I never watched him in his prime. Mm-hmm. I only got to see him. You know, in his waning years, of course, but just the the respect that the rest of the NBA has for him as a player that kind of tells me all I need to know about him. You know, I think my guy Dirk needs might need to hang it up. I think he is hanging it up after this year, but you know, Dirk Nowitzki uh, beat the Miami Heat, and a lot of people are like, "Well, that's worth more than KD's too." Could be a, it could be very true, but. You know, we're not here to just talk about Dirk Nowinski. Welcome once again. We are two and a half minutes in. I am your host, Dominic Joseph, joined by my guy, Thomas Lindgren, longtime friend from middle school, actually, um, from people who haven't heard. He was also on DJP. If you guys want to hear more about Thomas, go check that out. Um, but let's get right into it because sports is changing right now. There's a lot of great things, and I know yours more as well informed as anybody else right now. Andrew Luck is now out. Andrew, Andrew Luck is retired. He has. Yeah. And coming from a guy who drafted him in a fantasy, what are your thoughts? Oh, did I draft him in fantasy? You did. Oh, yeah, I did draft him in fantasy with like a like a third rounder. Yeah. Something like that in our two QB league. Yeah. And like three <coughs> well, flexes. He, um, yeah, I, somebody was saying, was like, is this the most shocking NFL news since? Calvin? Yeah. And I, I would say probably, yeah, you know, and 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 even Calvin was, you know, like as great of a player as he was. That's what I was kind of saying earlier. He Andrew Luck kind of has, like, his retirement has such a like impact on the rest of the league. Like that kind of sends waves out, like throughout the whole NFL. You know, yeah, um, because I think the Colts were you know, kind of picked by many, you know, preseason favorites or to be, you know, pretty good this year, make a deep run into the playoffs. And now that's kind of all flipped on its head. And um, that whole division 
too is you know completely changed now so do you think um <clears throat> at the expense of andrew luck they're they're screwed or do you think with this the talent they have i was actually talking to nate about this um they could actually still have a good team yeah um, you know? and that's yeah people who say oh they need to start tanking yeah at this point i think that's a little bit silly i mean their defense is really good and the team that they sort of built around Andrew Luck is really good too. Um, that's where I think you know Jacoby Brissett's going to be fine because mm-hmm. um, he has a lot of weapons at his disposal, a fantastic offensive line. So I think the Colts will be okay. Um, but it's just kind of a it's kind of a sobering situation for the whole league, you know, for a player that young and that good in his prime, essentially to just be like, "Yep, I'm hanging it up. I'm walking away from football." And um, for all of the people who love the game of football and love to watch the game and everything, it's it's tough to see, you know, because, you know, all football does is bring us enjoyment, right? And mm-hmm. so when we see a player like that say, yep, yeah, football is just, it's bringing me down, that's 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 kind of tough to hear as a fan, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah, because, you know, we look at it as, wow, that would be the greatest thing to do, play professional football. But, you know, you look at these and, you know, you even look at college college athletes who do it, you know, all day and they train all day and they practice all day and then they play these games they get hurt and then it's like wow it's like was that even fun was it worth my time and stress for you know a you know some players i bet you train their whole life and get to the nfl and get hurt that first drive and it's like you know there's a lot of go there's a lot of stuff going on afc south has just been getting hit with the bugs because lamar miller recently just got hurt too Mm -hmm. and i look at you know houston melvin gordon's on free agent right now or technically, he's looking to be traded. What if Melvin Gordon went to Houston? Yeah, that's something people have been kind of talking about. I feel like that's more of just a a job. Yeah, and one and and because there's a role in Houston, people are like, oh, Melvin Gordon. But it's like they've been saying that. They said that when Zeke was holding out, they mm-hmm. said Melvin Gordon could go to the Cowboys too. And it's kind of just a. I feel like a, whoever needs a running back, yeah. that's where Melvin Gordon's going to go. I don't know what Melvin Gordon's going to do. All I know is the Chargers don't really need him. <laughs> so, as said from Philip Rivers, he doesn't have a whole lot of leverage in that situation. But I hope he comes back because he's fun to watch. So. He's one of those guys I really like. Yeah, he's fun to watch. But will he be in a Chargers uniform at all? You think? You think um, he'll hold out? I do think he'll hold out. I think he's going to cave. That's my prediction. I he's think gonna Melvin cave. Gordon's going to cave because unlike the Ezekiel Elliott situation, he just, like I said earlier, he has no leverage. Yeah. It's like Zeke is kind of the centerpiece of that offense, mm-hmm. and um, Melvin Gordon has been hurt before, and they've shown that they can still run the football without him, um, whereas the Cowboys, you know, <laughs> maybe not so much. So Yeah, because then they have to put the, the – the win or the chance to win in Dak's hands. And sure. I don't think they really want to do that quite yet. Not if they're smart. Not, <laughs> not if they're smart. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of Dallas, you know, I have Dallas written down in one of our notes. How far do they go with a healthy Zeke? Healthy Dak. Um, healthy Amari. Yeah, that's interesting. Jason um, Witten. Right, Jason Witten's back. Um, that's the <laughs> deal breaker right there. No, uh, that's interesting. Um because so much of the talk this offseason has been about Dak and Zeke and their contracts and all that. Nobody's really talking about the Cowboys as a whole. Um, oh, man. 
I they have they've put together a pretty good defense and most of those guys are back, right? You yeah. know, um all of those key pieces on defense and um for that reason alone, I think they'll they'll surely make the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. I don't know how deep they'll go, especially without Zeke, because again, put the ball in Dak's hands, you say he's gotta win the game for us. I'm not sure he's the type of quarterback who can do that. That being said, he has quite an offense around him too. So yeah. um they could be Maybe maybe a little bit of a dark horse. Yeah, I mean, I think they're team. I think they're probably. Uh, I can't say they're going to win that division because Philly's in there. Mm. You know, Philly's a great team. You know, Carson Wentz. This is the year. He's healthy. He's coming into a good team, and he. It's like it's his time. Is it? Is it Carson Wentz's time? I sure hope so. You know, it's like people have been doubting it. My bit, honestly, I've been one of those doubters, man. Yeah. Um. I kind of base my evaluation of Carson Wentz off of the the year he was the league MVP for like six mm-hmm. weeks. I don't remember how many weeks before he tore his ACL. But holy crap, that guy was balling. Yeah, he was so good that year just to begin the season. And, you know, I know players go on runs like that and they may never you know, come back to that level again, but he was he was ridiculously good. Yeah. Um in that year, and uh, that's before Alshon, wasn't it? It might have been a I couple think, games before Alshon he got there. Right? Been there too, but I mean, either way, he was just. I mean, the I, I always think of this one play. I think it was against the Seahawks, where basically his whole pocket collapses. Right, there's eight Seahawk defenders in the backfield, and somehow he squirts out of the front of the line, and then completes like a fifty-yard pass to. I want to say it was Aguilar or something, but <laughs> it was it was it was insane. He finds a way to get open a lot. Yeah. Aguilar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he really does. I think he's a un- pretty underrated wide receiver. So, um, yeah, I hope this is Carson Wentz's year. I mean, he's kind of bit been bit by the injury bug lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, kind of lead into a lot of doubters. But um, I think he's probably the premier quarterback in the NFC East right now when he's healthy. Yeah, because you got, what, Case Keenum, Dak Prescott, and Carson Wentz, and then who, what, Daniel Jones. Yeah, or Eli Manning, yeah. Eli Manning. Um Segue another NFC East thing I want to talk to you about because I know you like to cheer for the Giants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at it and I think Daniel Jones isn't doing terrible. I think he's doing a great job. Is he better? Is is he good enough to take over Eli's spot? Um, I think it'll probably be like a um, like a Brown situation last year. Yeah. Remember how so Tyrod Taylor was named the starter for whatever four weeks yeah. and then came out baker steps in he's a starter from then on that's that's what i imagine is going to happen with the giants um because i mean daniel jones he's he hasn't just been good in the preseason i mean he's been lights out and i know the preseason is not the best indicator frankly eli's played pretty good in the preseason too um but i do think eventually um that he will he will replace eli manning if not in the middle of this season the next year for sure and He's kind of Daniel Jones, kind of a guy that I find myself rooting for just because of all the hate that he got, right? Like I was as shocked as everybody else when they took him with sixth overall, right? But that doesn't mean you just need to heap all this hate on the poor guy, you know? Get kids twenty one years old, you know? He's just out there, you know. He didn't choose to get picked sixth overall. I'm sure he's happy about it, but um, yeah, I'm rooting for him. So yeah, and then Baker Mayfield came out and joked about it, but it was taken out of context. I did later find out that, but 
you know, you look at a guy like Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones are two to, totally different guys, two totally different teams. And, you know, being a Baltimore Raven fan, I, I have to hear a lot of this Browns hype. And I know you probably hear just as much as Browns hype as I do. But I'm sick of it. And I understand they have Jarvis Landry, Odell, Najoku, Chubb. They'll get Kareem Hunt week 10, Baker Mayfield. And it's just exhausting at this point. I'm, I'm sick right. of it. Right. I mean, from my, <laughs> my thing with the Browns is however many, like the only real off-season acquisitions they had were Odell, Odell Beckham Jr., and then they'll get Kareem Hunt back after week 12. Week 12. Or week 11 or 10. It's Close. 10, 11 or 12. Okay. So you get another receiver. <laughs> That's fine. Their offense was fine last yeah, year. it wasn't terrible. I don't think they had trouble driving the football down the field. Okay. So Odell obviously is going to make that better. But, like, other than that, and, and this is seven, seven and eight and one football team last year, by the <laughs> way. Okay. Under 500. Yeah, they had one tie. It's whatever. Okay. I, yeah, blows my mind a little bit. I think their defense is what's going to win them football yeah. games. Um, contrary to all the Baker Odell hype. Um, that being said, uh, it, they could, they could honestly make a deep run in the playoffs this year, but it's like you said, I'll believe it when I see it yeah. because I've never seen more hype for seven and nine football team. And I think it's just the trendy thing right now is, Ooh, they were so bad a couple of years ago. And now that they're, you know, returning to prominence a little bit, everybody's, Oh, you know, I'm such a Browns fan. It's like, all where are all these Browns fans come from? Where'd you guys, where'd you guys all come from? Were you rooting for them four years ago? <laughs> they're in their holes. Yeah. Maybe because they were Oh, and 12, <laughs> you were rooting for them. I was rooting for them too. Oh, and 16. <laughs> Everyone's like, I'm them and Madden all the time. I'm like, because they're the worst team. That's why you were the Browns. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, and then, you know, with the NFL right now too, I'm looking at right now. I got the, the actual, the rankings for, according to Bleacher Report, the top five teams in the NFL right now, according to Bleacher Report, we have New England. Okay. The New Orleans Saints, Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Rams, and Philadelphia Eagles. All teams who did make the playoffs last year. And actually, all five of these teams actually made a pretty good run. Yeah. Um, two of the teams, uh, New England was in the Super Bowl and the Rams were in the Super Bowl. So, New England wins the Super Bowl. And they're still number one in the power rankings. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. Yeah. You know, um, I'm sick of hearing about them because <laughs> we got to hear about them every year. But uh, it's fair. It, you think they deserve one? They Who would you put number one? one? Who would you put at one? The Patriots. Um, well, like I said, it's fair. I yeah. mean, Super Bowl champs, right? And yeah. they didn't really lose a ton of guys. No, but um, I'd probably put the Saints at one, mm-hmm. um, purely because of bias. Because I don't like New England. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the Saints are. I think the Saints would have won the Super Bowl last year had the Saints made it instead of the Rams. So, um, and same thing. They didn't really lose anybody last year. I mean, Mark Ingram's gone, but um, I think it comes down to do you put your faith in Drew Brees or Tom Brady? And, uh, again, purely because of bias, I put my faith in Drew Brees. So, <laughs> You would put, if it was a game-winning drive, you put it in Drew Brees' hands? Hell, yeah, I'd put it in Drew Brees' hands. If wow. you if it was if it was Tom Brady and James White's hands, then maybe I'd pick Tom Brady and James White's hands. <laughs> you know, you know the guy who carried him to the Super Bowl 
50 was that it was the Falcons one 51 He's 52 in. 52 you mean Tom Brady's four touchdown passes that were all dump off passes <laughs> to James White you and I could have thrown those passes <laughs> yeah well he engineered he knew he audible okay. <laughs> you know I I probably you know if it was between the two because I hate Tom Brady but I think I would still put it in Tom Brady's hands unfortunately um. Actually, no. I would not put it in Tom Brady's hands. I put it in Drew Brees' hands. But if it was anybody in the league, I'd put it in the real 12's hands. You're absolutely right. Aaron Rodgers' yeah, hands. Aaron Rodgers' one. Yeah. If, sure. if you know, if it was up to me, but the quarterback, I'd least want. You know what? Okay. This, yeah. This is what, something I want to ask you too. The least quarter, the quarterback you'd least want to have on a drive. Mine, and it has to be a starting quarterback. Game-winning drive. Game-winning drive. Okay. It has to be a starter. Kay. Case fucking Keenum. It's a hot take, I know. That's but who you'd least want to have? I would put... Who's... who's I put Blake Bortles on his downward slope wow. above him. Over Case Keenum, huh? I put Sam Bradford above Case Keenum. Mm. I'd also put Tavares Jackson over Case Keenum. Wow. I'm sorry, Case it. Keenum. Now you're getting into it. So why, why, what's, what's got you upset with Case Keenum here? I, I just think that he was bailed out in Minnesota, and I think that his res- like he could ball out in Washington, and if he could definitely, you know what, I'll eat my shoe if he he proves me wrong. Okay. And I'm waiting for him to prove me wrong, because I I like I kind of like his game a little bit, but when you have players like they did in Minnesota. And you're st- like just I feel like he was he's kind of like a Matt Stafford to me where he just I feel like he just lucked out and he can just lob it up. Yeah. Well, Kirk Cousins came in and did the same thing. Yeah. In the next Kirk year. did. So and Kirk's <laughs> probably a better quarterback anyway. But I mean, he did the same thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, quarterback, I'd least want to have. I don't know if it'd be Case Keenum, but um, oh, man, the maybe does Ryan Fitzpatrick count? Is Fitz Magic count? Does, is, is he, he a starter? starter? I mean, well, I think he's he supposed is. to be a starter in Miami. So, um, do a guy who started more than at least twelve. Okay. Uh, oh no, you're not gonna like this one. No. <laughs> you're gonna say it. Don't say. Okay. Well, I mean, well, hey, say whatever you gotta say, bro. You know, if it was 2012, it's a different story. I'd say differently. <laughs> but these days. I have to I have to go the other way. You're I, have an ass. Say, I have to say uh <clears throat> the current starter for the Denver Broncos, uh Joseph Mr. Joe Flacco. Vincent Flacco. Okay. Which is sad. Uh, elaborate. He's got he's got the physical tools. Actually, I'm gonna change my answer. I'm I apologize. Wait, did you I'm switch your change my answer? Is your switch on? Did I do that? No, I, I think so. you're good. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. I've been Screwing it You're up changing all, your all mind. Day, so I am. I'm changing my mind. Uh, I'd like to formally redact <laughs> my statement that Joe Flacco is the quarterback I'd least want to have on a game-winning <laughs> drive, and I would like to put it in the hands of uh, a quarterback from a team that I'm a bit of a fan of. Uh, oh. That would be Mr. Josh Allen <laughs> oh, of no. the Buffalo Bills. Um, and uh, we've talked about him a little bit you recently. You were hyping him the other day. Well, he... Well, I just hype every what everybody else hypes, which is he's a physical specimen. He's six five two fit. He's Cam Newton basically, but in a really stupid person's body. That's just his decision making is appalling. 
Um, and the only reason <laughs> that he's not getting trashed on this year for being picked seventh overall, you want to trash Daniel Jones, trash Josh Allen for getting picked seventh overall. The only reason that he's not getting trashed on this year was because when he couldn't figure out which receiver to throw to, an interception, he decided to take off and run. And again, the dude runs like a gazelle because he's huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's got eight-yard strides, right? And so his rushing ability kind of saved him a little bit. But the dude is about as accurate as you and me with the football. <laughs> Very not. Dude, I couldn't imagine. Like, I think a lot of people like um, overlook the quarterback position. In the position, like they're like, oh, I could do that, and like I know that was a joke, but like when we, when I like think about it, like when we even just do intramural flag, you have two seconds to throw the ball, and that's just on a good play. Like these guys got Khalil Mack coming at them, bro. That's I couldn't imagine throwing it that quick. Yeah, no way. You There's know? a reason why they're the highest paid players in the NFL. Yeah, in the most important position. It's like guys like Richard Sherman who like to bash on paying their quarterbacks too much, Russell Wilson, right? <laughs> but it's like. You, it's th- their impact is again. We talk about there are players in the NFL that can win games by themselves, right? Andrew Luck was one of those yeah. players. Um, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Those are all quarterbacks that can take over a football game. They can just decide, you know what, I'm going to win this football game, and they will. Um, and even across other sports, you don't necessarily see that, you know, importance maybe with a pitcher in baseball or. Um, I would say in basketball, though. Yeah, there there's some players in basketball as well. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a more intimate, you know, smaller amount yeah. of players type of thing. But, you know, it's like when you got 23, 22 guys running around a football field and one guy goes, you know what, I'm going to take over this game. You know, guys on defense can do that too. But Khalil Mack. Yeah, basically, like, what I'm just getting at here is the quarterback position is important because it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. really hard to, you have to be lightning fast, you know, with your decisions and then you got to have the arm strength to get it down there and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's definitely not something I'd be able to do. So with that, another um, thing I want to ask too, a lot of people like to talk about the best team in the league, but I want to talk about the worst team in the league. I like it. (laughs) The last thing I want to do is recycle what everyone else is saying. So, who is the worst team this year and why? It could be a hot take. You could be serious. Who is it? I got to think about this one for a second. All right, I'm going to uh, go first then. Okay, go ahead. I think the f- the worst team – I th- so when I say this, I mean they're going to be the worst going into the year. I'm going to go as far as saying the Detroit Lions. And this is clearly biased because I don't, don't really like the Lions. Actually, no. I'm going to go Miami. I know I just changed my mind twice. I just Miami has not a lot really going on over there right now. They could get Jadavian Clowney, I heard. But Fitzpatrick is starting right now for them? Isn't that who's starting for them? Yeah, I believe so. No, they're they're not. Yeah, either I, way. I don't. Rosen or Fitzpatrick. Yeah, like, dude, much better. maybe. But I'm going Miami. I think Miami okay. is going to be the worst team in the league. That was year. my initial thought yeah. was the Miami Dolphins I feel like that's a pretty popular pick but mm-hmm. um, I feel like their defense could surprise some people mm-hmm. um, I think Rashad Jones might be the most underrated strong safety in the NFL I think he's really good and he's been on such a bad defense for so long mm-hmm. that people don't really think about him but then 
now you've got him. You've got Minka Fitzpatrick there, who I think is going to take a big step in year two. Um, and um, I think that, yeah, I think that they have Xavier Xavier Howard. Yeah, Xavier you know, you're He's actually good. making me feel like you know, I picked like the, the wrong sec- well, team. Well, second year. Well, no, I mean the offense is is <laughs> pitiful. It's it's awful. And again, no matter who's throwing the football, I think Rosen's a little better than people think. Um, yeah, that's kind of my other thing. But um, he got thrown to the wolves in Arizona. Yeah, dude. I think that's a good segue there. I think Arizona is going to be the worst team again this year. And it's not a slight against Kyler Murray or even Cliff Kingsbury. I just I think that the air raid is going to work in the NFL, but it's going to take it's going to take a year or two. Um you know, it's like we see in preseason Kyler Murray's doing his little clap thing and the refs are calling it, right? And the NFL does the rule there's no rule in the rule book about it, right? Because it's a new offense. It's Can you explain a new that? thing. So Kyler Murray, it's like a snap count thing. Yeah. Um it and watch college football, they do it all the time. Um Jake Browning at UW used to do it every, before every play. Um, I think I think Gardner Minshew at WSU used to do it too. But it's basically um, it's a it's a hard count type of thing where you know you clap and then one one thousand then they snap the ball that kind of a thing, right? Well, the, in preseason the refs were sometimes calling it as um, a false start or like a like a um, illegal signal or something like that. And Kingsbury was going up to the refs and he's like, what? What do you want to? What do you want him to do? This is this is how the offense works, and so I think the NFL told officials they were like, "Oh, just go use your own discretion." And it's like that's going to be yeah, a great. recipe for disaster. It's like if some refs feeling upset one day, <laughs> and he goes, "No, that's a false start." So um, anyway, so yeah, I think the air raid will work in the NFL one day, and like it already has been kind of instituted in a few offenses, but the the Cardinals are going all in on the air raid right now, and if preseason is in any, any indication, the Cardinals are going to have they're going to have a tough time. They need to start leaning on David Johnson more, and you know their defense is still pretty good. But um, I think Kingsbury is going to be stubborn, and so again, I think it'll work out eventually. But this year, I think I think they're going to be the worst team. But. For the, for those people who don't know, Kingsbury is the head coach, correct? Yeah. Um, you know, and you 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 know you're as familiar as with um, air raid as anybody I would know, and there's teams in the NFL that are already kind of running it. Yeah. New England. That's true. Um, New Orleans. Yeah. Obviously, you have – I'm not, you know, putting Kyler Murray at their level um, of, you know, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, but what other teams are I know that you know that – does um, Indianapolis run – Indianapolis runs the air raid, don't they? Uh, some argue that they do. It's kind of – nobody in the NFL officially runs the air raid mm-hmm. right now, but – Mike Leach will tell you that that's a lie um, <laughs> because, well, they're so, yeah, you got the Saints and the Patriots. They run kind of a version of the air raid, right? Like in um, New England, like James White's their primary running back, and he just catches 100 passes every year, right? Very similar to the air raid that we see in college. Um, the Rams are similar. The Rams run a similar air raid where you've got you've got three receivers involved, you know, Cooks, Cup, and Woods, right? Mm-hmm. Um and it, you know, I, I feel like people mistake the air raid as, oh, you you throw it 70 times a game and you never run it. And that's not necessarily true. Um, in college, we sometimes see that. But, like, in the NFL, they, they've been running air raid offenses for a while now. And people talk about how, oh, the NFL's a passing league now. And it's, it's true because you pick up big chunks of yard and you score really fast. That's the idea. Anyway, um, 
And so there's been some sort of version of air raid in the NFL for a while now. I just think kind of going back to the Cardinals, Kingsbury's air raid is it's it's a lot harsher, a lot more defined, right? He's saying we're not going to run the football. Mm-hmm. And NFL defenses are licking their chops right They're now. Like, All right. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. You know, and then, you know, to segue into NCAA, um, we were actually talking about this earlier with, you know, players like in the SEC and compared to players like in the Pac-12. You know, you look at teams that are bred to just run the ball. And, you know, there's some teams that are like that in the NFL, you could say, because there's Seattle. You got Baltimore, who runs really heavy. Dallas runs really heavy. But you look at it in the SEC, it's, we're going to run up the gut because we have bigger guys than you and better recruits than you. Is that what is that annoying to you as a college football fan, or do you just say that's just the recruitment? And we Because, you know, coming from a WSU fan, and you're like, oh, we got a team against the SEC, but it's almost, I don't want to say unfair, mm. but at the, dis- I don't know, big word, at the point of it, when does it, like, become a, problem that it's they're just sure. that much better in that right. formation than um you I could stop i don't know that it's a problem it's it's definitely different than the different. nfl because you look at the nfl and 32 teams and you know any given sunday one can beat yeah the worst team in the nfl could beat the best team in the nfl you know um whereas college you have 126 fbs teams division one teams right and um and there's no way in hell that 126 is going to beat one big Bama or Clemson any given Saturday. That's just not how it is. And and like you said, it's the recruits, right, is the big difference. And it is frustrating as a West Coast football fan because your opportunities to, you know, have success with your football teams and the conference that you're rooting for, um, they're few and far between, right? Um uh, Oregon against Ohio State a couple years ago, and they made the national championship game. They got waxed in the national Zeke championship game. Four Zeke Elliott ran for four touchdowns, so it didn't really work out. <laughs> but it's kind of like you said, it it we got bigger and better players than you, so we're going to run it up the guts. Easiest thing that's easiest form of football, right? And you're not going to be able to stop it. Um, uh, two or three years ago, UW met Big Bama in the um, – the first round of the playoff, right? And same thing. Big Bo Scarborough started rumbling through the UW mm-hmm. defense, and you know the Pac-12 linebackers are they're too small, right? You just you can't can't tackle these guys. So it's a little bit it's a little bit frustrating, um, but it's just you know it's kind of the state of college football, and you you take your you take your wins where you can get them. You take your upsets because they they do come. They, yeah. It's not impossible. They do. Where people say you know that so oh, a Pac-12 team's never gonna. It's not true. It happens. Um, it's just, it's rare. So, um, <laughs> there's actually, uh, this weekend Auburn's playing Oregon. Um, wow. I think Oregon's coming in to, Are they? Uh, yeah, it's should be, should be a big, big week one matchup. Um, Auburn, I think it's this weekend. It's in Oregon. Is it Oregon? No, no, because we're in New Mexico, aren't we? No, Was we're here. It? What WSU is playing here? It is home? Mm-hmm. I don't think it is, is it? WSU? Yeah. It is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, the Oregon's home Oregon's against home. Auburn. Okay. Well, there you go. That makes things a little bit different. But anyway, that's a big, that's a big week one. That week is. Week one test. I wish it wasn't Oregon uh, that we're going in to play Auburn because whoever wins that football game the rest of the year, everybody's going to go, ooh, the Pac 12 
the SEC is better than the pack and that kind of thing. Oh, so stuff. you're saying if Auburn wins, everyone's going to start hyping and correct. You know, butchering Pac-12. Well, Oregon is the preseason favorite to win the pack this year, I believe. So what? Uh yeah. So well cuz Herbert's going to be number Herbert. 1 overall pick and yeah. Guys whose name rhymes with Herbert. Justin Herbert um came to Pullman last year, if you remember. <laughs> Took and, a L. Uh, took a fat L. Yeah, he. <laughs> I think they went down twenty-one to zero, twenty-eight to zero in the first half, and they sort of came back, but it was never really a game. Yeah. So, um, there's some other big games I want to ask you about. Um, so we we got uh, Utah against BYU. That's I think that's gonna be a decent game. We got Wisconsin. Yeah, the Holy War. That's called. Is it? Is that? That's what they call it. Utah BYU. They yeah. The Holy War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know those games are always really big. Mm-hmm. We got. Wisconsin versus, oh, that's USF, not UCF. Oh, did you think it was UCF? I thought it was UCF, the national oh, champs. of course, the national champs. National champs. Oh, yeah. I think we talked about this last episode. For people who don't know who UCF is, they were a team that went undefeated against some who's. High school teams. <laughs> Bunch of Division two teams. And they wanted a spot in the, the tournament, but they didn't get it. But anyway, um. Man, actually, I thought, oh, yeah, here it is right here. We got Louisville, Notre Dame. That was the big game I want to talk to you about. Okay. We got Notre Dame, who's nine, and Louisville's unranked, but is Louisville nothing after Lamar Jackson's gone now? Would no. you say? Or do you think they have a good team to compete with? I'll put it to you this way. If I think they have a chance at beating Notre Dame this weekend, no. No way, not a chance. Uh, I'd take the... I'd take the over. I'd take Notre Dame you would. straight up on that <laughs> one if you're in Vegas right now. Um, yeah, no, not happening. And um, then the one prior to that, sorry to cut you off there, we got Houston at, uh, I don't think they're going to be Oklahoma, but there is a guy on Houston I want to talk to you about, Okay. and it's their quarterback, Okay. King. Yeah. What is your thoughts on him, uh, Eric King? He's good. And that's interesting because the um, the WSU Cougars are going to play Houston um, in the Texans Stadium in a couple weeks. Couple is that this mm-hmm. year? I thought it was in a couple this years. Year, yeah. Wow, we year. I didn't know that bid was this year. Yeah. So wow, that, that should cool. be a good one. So um, Houston has a pretty dynamic offense as well, um, but uh, I haven't watched I haven't watched their quarterback play a ton. Um, I don't know a ton about them. Um, I just know that they're kind of known for their offense as well. And so that's why I think this uh, Cougars versus Cougars matchup is going to be really good. So, um, But I can't really speak to King himself, how good I think he is. So, All right. And then I want to go with uh, go over the top 25 with you. Because I know you, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to give you every one of them. I'm just going to give you ones that I think, you know, which ones I think kind of fit and ones don't kind of fit. Just coming from a kind of college fan now. Yeah. Um, we got Clemson at one. I, I do you think they should be one over Bama? Same reason as the Patriots. They mm-hmm. won last year. Yeah, sure enough. And then you got Bama at two, and then Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio. Okay. Which I think are quality. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna go down to the 15 spot. We got Penn State, Auburn, and UCF. Okay. Does UCF belong at 17? Here's the thing with the preseason AP poll and the top 25 poll in general, um, especially the preseason one. Yeah. 
nobody knows what the hell they're talking about yeah. in the preseason poll. It's all based on last year and uh, program pedigree, right? Which is why, can you tell me where Oregon's ranked on that list? Oregon is ranked 11th. 11th. Uh, <laughs> one shy outside the top 10. <laughs> wow. Um, once again, program pedigree, and they think they have a Heisman winner at quarterback in Justin Herbert. Um no, the preseason poll nobody knows anything, and and it will it it will change drastically from week one to week two, because say Oregon goes into Auburn this weekend and gets waxed, then they'll be like, get them out. They of could here. be out or drop down to the twenty fifth or whatever. Um, UCF is hard because we don't know they they're a, they're an independent team. Are they an independent team or the ACC? I don't remember. But they don't have a very strong schedule every year. Yeah. Right? And so it, that's kind of the trick with college football. 126 FBS teams, if they don't play any good ones, how are we supposed to know how good you are, right? Um, and so that that's kind of the thing. Um, I think UCF could be okay. I haven't – I'm not sure if Milton – Mackenzie Milton's coming back. I know he's incredible. Yeah. Um, their quarterback who had that really – he had a terrible injury a couple years ago. Um, so I don't know if he's coming back. If he is, then that's a great spot for him, I think. So. And then one last one. I know you got a Wazoo shirt on and I got a Wazoo hat on. Yes, sir. Um, but 23 for Washington State. How um, – higher, lower? Uh, I think? think that's fair. Yeah. Um, I was a bit surprised we were ranked at all. Yeah. Usually we're not. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think we've been ranked in the preseason poll in a few years. Um, and so I think I think that's pretty fair. I think that's um, – I think we've finally earned a little bit of respect from the voters. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing for everybody around the country is Minshew left, right? So who's going to replace Minshew? And um, Nobody's really looking at the team that they've built around whoever's playing quarterback. It could be any of those guys, and they're going to do fine, I think. Um, our offensive line is stacked. Our receiving core is one of the best in the country. Our defense is going to be fine. So I think 23 is about right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to move up a couple spots before we get dropped again, but um, who knows? Only time will tell. Before we move on to the next thing, um, there was a, a – a ranking released a while ago of the top receiving cores in the mm-hmm. NCAA. Yeah. And you said you'd go as far as saying Wazoo probably has, if not the best, top three. Yeah, it, it definitely yeah. is top three. Um, it's hard because, again, you know, if players playing against certain corners and, yeah. you know, in certain conferences and that kind of a thing. But it's just it's it's almost as if the top receiving cores they almost mirror the top 25 how do you figure that right it's like like you just said bama clemson um oklahoma those are all three top five receiving cores right and it's like again they get the best recruits and everything but um i think when all is said and done yeah i think wsu has a top three or four receiving core in the country um just because of its depth, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got, you know, I think a couple players that are going to play in the NFL and behind them, you know, players that are just as good. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I know Alabama is hyping up. They got like two guys. Jerry Judy's one of them. I don't know what the other guy's name is. And 
I don't know, they look like a typical Alabama receiver to me. Calvin Amari Ridley, Cooper. Amari Cooper. It's like they're good route runners, but they're not very big. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what everybody's freaking out about. But um, Yeah, so NCAA, it, it's, it's a big thing. I'm excited for it this year, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know, cheering for Wazoo. It's going to be a little bit different this year being there this year. I'm That's really, right. Um, really pumped this year for them. Um, you know, and, you know, UW, WSU, hopefully it's a good game this year, but we don't know yet, and who knows what it's going to be. But to segue into another sport, one sport that we have been familiar with in the last year, and I think this is going to be a great one, we got the NBA. And to start that off, um, I want to start with I'm sick and tired of Kobe Bryant. I get he's a lot of people's okay. favorite players, and I know a lot of people who are listening to this are probably how. It's like I'm, I'm – he retired, and I, I thought that was going to be it, but I just still keep seeing him, and I'm done with, like, the analyzations, and I'm butthurt. Well, didn't we do, wasn't there just a headline up somewhere that he, him and Shaq are arguing again? That's what it was. It's, like, from, like, the interview. Well, I'm going to echo your sentiment there. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Who cares that him and Shaq are fighting? <laughs> Shaq fights with everybody. Yeah. That's Shaq's M.O. Shaq's fighting with somebody, new guy every week. I uh, Yeah, I, I agree, and I think it's probably... He's retired. He's trying to stay relevant. He's got his little detail show yep. right on there, and <laughs> trying yeah. to stay. There's his. There he is. There's just, there's just these diehard Kobe fans, but they're probably screaming right now. All these Kobe fans listening, just skipping, probably turning it off. Yeah. Well, but, and again, like I, I don't really feel like an authority on because I never watched him in his really prime years, mm-hmm. Showtime Lakers and everything. But I don't know. Yeah, people treat him like LeBron. He's not. Or MJ, he's not. Doesn't even belong in the same conversation. I feel like we're destroying their legacy by just talking about <laughs> the same same sentences. LeBron and short. So, so you would put who are you, LeBron or MJ guy? LeBron. I'm LeBron too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get really mad at me for that. Well, it comes down to, and this is with all sports, it comes down to how much do you value championship? Yeah. Ranks? what it comes down to in almost every sport if you think tom brady's the greatest quarterback of all time you obviously think kobe bryant's probably a little higher than i do mm-hmm. um same thing you know championships but all i always got to say about that is you gotta you need a team to win a championship not just one player so not one player wins a championship yeah so um and lebron's been on some pretty bad teams <laughs> So. I don't want to hear Kobe had it bad any years because he had Shaquille O'Neal, arguably one of the most, arguably the most dominant player of all time, on his team. And I'm not taking away from Kobe because Kobe did a lot of great things. I think he averaged more points than him and everything. But, dude, are you kidding me? Shaquille O'Neal on your team? He dropped sixty in his last game, though. Did you see that? Oh, on he his dropped sixty. Didn't he shoot it sixty times? <laughs> <laughs> didn't the defenders pull off him every time? You mean? No. Um, no, but, you know, in the NBA, there's uh, Jeremy Lin is actually going to play in China now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, you know, Jeremy Lin came out a couple weeks ago. I said this on a couple episodes ago on Weekly Take. The, the NBA is giving up on me. Who's is that what he said? Yeah. Well, whose fault is that, Jeremy? Mm. I'm sorry, but that's that's his fault. Yeah. You know? Well, I feel like the point guard position is just so – it's gotten so good, yeah. right? It's gotten so elevated that – you know, he's one of those players, he needs the ball to score. 
an Isaiah Thomas, if you will. He needs the ball to be good, right? And all of a sudden, the coach goes, yeah, we're not going to give you the ball 40 times a game. And he goes, the NBA is giving up. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Uh, well, and he'll be fine. He'll go to China. I bet you he'll have some good yeah. success over there. And Good yeah. for the guy. Yeah, I'm happy for him. But Isaiah Thomas, what? could you elaborate on Isaiah Thomas? Do you like Isaiah Thomas? Are you an Isaiah Thomas well, fan? A good friend of mine once told me, Isaiah Thomas is better than Clay Thompson. Um, I believe this friend of mine was a UW fan. You think he was a UW fan? Yeah, I don't. I, a, I think he might have been. He might have been a UW fan, right? So, as a WSU fan and a person with a brain, I said no. <laughs> I said Clay Thompson's definitely better than Isaiah Thomas. This was, of course, during Isaiah Thomas's hype MVP season. <laughs> you want to call it that again? Getting the ball fifty times and going for. 23 every <laughs> night i don't know if i'd call that mvp season but again i digress um yeah he how many points has he averaged the last two seasons three seasons how many points did he average on cleveland <laughs> the cleveland the as, lakers i think as much the as nuggets you, i think as much as you and I. as much as you and me that's right yeah, absolutely correct um isaiah thomas yeah he's one of those guys i'm just Bro, we, we we started doing the Browns treatment to him. He was so bad, we were cheering for him to go in. Remember, it went in Denver. We were like, "Where's it? Where's it?" Yeah, <laughs> it was like a a zoo <laughs> animal. It was like, "Where is he? Is he? He's hiding behind the bench. Where is he? We found him. You know, a little short guy. There he is. I'm Wait, taller than that. Are we guy. as tall as Isaiah Thomas? How tall is Isaiah Thomas? Five ten. I mean, how tall is Isaiah Thomas? Well, he's probably five ten in shoes. <laughs> Let's see here. How tall is Isaiah? Isaiah Thomas is 5'9". I am as tall as Isaiah Thomas. I'm nowhere near as talented. Oh, no. I'm not saying I could guard him or anything. <laughs> no. That's, uh, no, don't, don't get me wrong there. I just, he's not better than Clay Thompson. That's all. That's my only point here. <laughs> Are you even, glad Clay Thompson stayed in Golden State? Even a little bit. Um, or did you want him to leave it a oh little bit? Oh, man, that's, a, that's kind of a tough question because I really like him. Obviously, he came from WSU, yeah. shooter, whatever. And I kind of wanted him to go only because I feel like I root hard for the team he went to, yeah. right? Because it's have hard a team. to root for the Golden State Warriors. You feel I feel like a Patriots fan <laughs> almost, right? To root for the Golden State Warriors, right? Be like, I'm a Warriors fan. Everybody's like, kiss my ass, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, for that reason, I kind of wanted him to leave. But at the same time... Like, I don't think he's the type of player to shoulder the load. Like, mm -hmm. I think he'd be okay, but I think he's got a very defined role, obviously, and um, it's working for him. It's working for the Warriors, and... Why change it? Why change it, exactly. So, I think it would have been cool to see him go to Milwaukee with Giannis. I agree. I think that would have been, been fucking cool. cool. Yeah. Dude, Milwaukee is actually... I don't, they didn't get any worse. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of saying it depends on how you view Chris Middleton, right? Yeah. It's like if you view him as a perennial all-star, then yeah. they're going to – because they paid him that money. They did, dude. So – you know Yeah. And you know whose contract's coming up. Oh, boy. Number 34. Yes, sir. It, That's going to be a big one. It's going to be – I think he'll probably be the most paid highest played player. Uh, I have a question for you, sir. Mm -hmm. um, did you see – James Harden's comments uh, recently on no. uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo winning the uh, MVP. No. He said, because uh, James Harden said something about he believes that 18, 19 was his best year. 
Giannis? Uh, James Harden. Oh, he believes those were... Okay. And uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of... Butthurt? Yeah, it was something along the lines of the NBA writers, they take a narrative and they run with it. Yeah. And so he's basically saying Giannis won for the narrative, right? So that's my question to you. How do you feel about that? Do I believe in the narratives for the MVP? Yeah, and do you think that Giannis was more deserving than James Harden? Yeah, I I, I do believe Giannis... um, is more deserving of the MVP. Um, Harden is probably a hair below him, mm-hmm. and I hate to say that, but Giannis is up and down the court, uh, offensive defense. And I'm not saying James Harden doesn't play defense because he does, and a lot of people like to give him that bad rep. But I do believe in the narrative. Mm-hmm. It, Giannis had a way prettier narrative than he sure. did, and I believe if James Harden had a uh, I don't know if he went through some crisis or something. Maybe they would have picked his narrative. Right. And I'm not saying it's always been like that, but dude, look at the past MVP winners. They've all had a narrative. They all have a story. Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. had the he's the triple double guy, right. you know. And then, you know, didn't James Harden win it last year? He did. And then he's like, oh, he's had triple doubles two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And then Giannis, you know, he's the new guy from out of a country. Right. And I ro- also really think that the NBA is getting really international. It's true. You got Giannis winning the MVP. Mm-hmm. You got Pascal Siakam winning Most Improved Player. It's true. And um, I think Sixth Man of the Oh no, Sixth Man of the Year went to the guy from the Clippers, Lou Williams. But he's rookie. Yeah, Luka. Rookie of the Year went to Luca, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. The NBA is becoming really na- uh, national. And then we had a team who's from Canada win our title. That's true. You yeah. know, there's a the NBA is getting really international. It's it's cool to see. That is cool. But um, you know, so I'm I bet some people are just. The same reason I'm excited for it is some people are probably butthurt about it, but basketball is slowly becoming a bigger sport to the world, I yeah. think. Well, and I feel like it's, um, yeah, it, it's more of a, it's always kind of been more of an international thing yeah. than something like football or maybe not on the level that soccer is, but I agree. I think it's cool to see something, you know, other than soccer that, you know, the whole world is kind of paying attention to maybe, or at least a little bit more than we pay attention to football so oh you play sports uh soccer soccer so no so no so, <laughs> no, so nothing no sports <laughs> all right I, play soccer. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a good note to end on but there's actually one more thing dwight howard is a laker um woo woo again this has been episode 41 with thomas lingren is there anything you want to let people know that what you're up to plug your social what what have you been doing um just hanging out, you know, living. Just w- waiting for football to start. I mean, I believe I'm there with you too. Been in the dog days of summer, so yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah, on. again, this is Thomas Lindgren. Um, be sure to follow him on his social medias. Uh, is it Thomas Lindgren Seven? Yes, sir. Uh, Insta too. That's your Twitter. Insta is just Thomas Lindgren underscore. All right, go give him a follow. Don't forget that underscore. Now that is a key part in finding. The weekly take guest. You might be able to find a verification badge next to his and I's name after this episode. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. We're yeah. still waiting on our verifications. But again, episode 41 of the weekly take podcast. Thomas Lindgren, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.